Good morning, everybody. Why can't we be friends? Is uh, is it really the? If you want to put a title on the lesson, that's a very good one. We've been doing a series uh, called Guardrails and the importance of having a system designed not only just to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous areas of, of uh, the the environment or off-limit areas. We need guardrails to, to, to protect us and to direct us. As you see here at the Grand Canyon, uh, if you've ever visited there, you're very grateful they have guardrails. You're protected from going over the cliff. And so that's what the, the series is designed to do, is to really help you establish guardrails so much in your life where when you bump up against that guardrail, that part of your, your conscience would be disturbed, bothered. That bothers me. I, I don't want to go over. I, I, I'm going to stop right here. Because if I keep bumping into this guardrail, I'm going to break through it, and I could go over the cliff. And, you know, you're most, are most likely to find guardrails in potentially dangerous areas. Guardrails are not actually put in dangerous areas. They're put before dangerous areas. So when you hit a guardrail, you're going, thank goodness that was there. Because if that wasn't there, I would have driven over into a dangerous, off-limit area that could have endangered me, could have harmed me, could have injured me. So that is the, that is the idea around guardrails and how much the Bible is, is really helpful that we can establish guardrails. Or if you want to use another word, convictions. Something you're convinced of. I'm convinced if I go 70 miles per hour around a turn, my car will most likely flip over. You know, being a Christian doesn't stop you from having your car flipped over, right? Physics is physics, Christianity is Christianity. Guardrails are there to guide, direct, protect your life. Now, last weekend we asked, what would it look like to have guardrails? In other arenas of our lives. Guardrails that are so strong. So established. That when you bump up against them. It would bother your conscience. It would bug you. I don't want that. Because your greatest regrets. Could have probably been avoided. If you had some financial. Some moral. Some relational. Some professional guardrails. Think about some of your greatest regrets. I mean, I have a litany of them, right? I'm sure you've got a list too. If I only would have had some guardrails there, I wouldn't have experienced that damage this relationship or damage myself financially or all yachting. The list goes on and on and on and on. Some of our greatest regrets is because we prefer in our nature painted lines versus guardrails. You can run over a painted line any day easy. But a guardrail, you bump into it, you go, whoa. And if you look on the freeway, whether it's the 101 or the 23 or, or, the, uh, or the 118, and you see those little guardrails, look on there for once or just take a glance. You'll see a lot of skid marks, a lot of rubber marks on those guardrails. People hit them all the time. And I bet you're thinking to themselves, thank goodness I had a guardrail there. Because otherwise you go into oncoming traffic and that's dangerous. So the guardrail, spiritually speaking, is a standard of behavior. That becomes a matter of conscience. But we want to encourage you to take a look at what the source of that standard should be. Because we know we have our standards. But we want to encourage you to look at the ancient documents called the Bible. To grab and to grasp some of the, some of the 
the teachings to give you the guardrails that you need for your life. Painted lines. We crash right through those. We want something strong, something well-built, something established. So when you hit it, it doesn't just easily break through. You hit it and you deflect it back onto the safe area. So today I want to talk specifically about your friends, your associates, your posse, your boys, the fellas, the sisters, the girls, the mamas, mops, whatever group you you roll with, whatever group you're involved in, I want to talk about your friends. I want to talk about the people you run with, your amigos, your compadres, right? Your beer buddies. I want to talk about your friends this morning because you're going to need some guardrails. So, when you were a kid, I'm sure your parents took some protective measures to make sure you are not running around with the neighborhood shady fellas, right? I mean, if you're a parent, you're trying to make sure your son's not running around with the shady characters of the neighborhood. So you selectively organize situations where they're going to build friends with good kids. My parents did that. My parents, you know, they didn't even let me sleep over anyone's house ever. That would never happen. Right? They didn't want me to be too influenced. They put me in a private school to make sure I had really morally upstanding good friends. My dad worked 70 hours a week just to put me in a private school so that I would have good friends. They wouldn't let you play. You know, some parents back then, your parents wouldn't let you play at that neighbor's house. You can play at his house, his house, but you are not allowed at his house. Remember that? Sometimes they would move just to find you different friends. Oh, we're moving. I got a new job. Better neighborhood. My father moved us from Southgate, which is in the heart of uh, South Central, to Laverne. Why? Because he saw the potential danger of, you know, gangs, you know, pillaging our neighborhood, which is, which is true today. So he moved us out ahead of time into this, a nice, quaint community college town called Laverne, California, Laverne University. I, I would see the campus. So they would, and if you'd let them, your parents would have arranged your marriage. And so you're here sitting today, and now you're the parents, and you're worse. You're checking their iPod. What kind of games you got on here? You're reading their texts. Who are you talking to? You're checking out the bill online. How many texts are they sending a month? Phone calls. I mean, if you, if you, had, if you had the money, you, you'd, have, you'd have drones flying over them. Or they had surveillance. Okay, they're safe. I mean, you'd bug their car. You'd put a low jack on their car. I know what they're exactly... You, you want them... you give them an iPhone because it's an iPhone tracker. Here's your iPhone, son. And I know exactly where you are going, who you are with. I can find you all the time. And now you're the parents. And now you're worse. You understand. Your parents understood something. Your parents understood that your friends determined the quality of your life. They determine it. So you're, you're now the parent. So you now understand that. You understand. Because we know just like mama knew. That our friends determine the direction. Where they're headed. And the quality of their life. 
We know that. So the things that make friendship wonderful are the very things that make them dangerous. Why? Well, think about your greatest friends. Think about your close friends. You drop all your guards. They're just dropped. Here I am, the one that you love. It's like air supply. It's a moment. It's like, this guy, you know, we're friends. I can be myself. I can drop my guard. I can tell him anything. It's just awesome. Because when, when you do that, you open yourself up to being influenced by your friends. And that is amazing. Really awesome. But also, it could be potentially dangerous. As you know. As you try to maneuver and manipulate and coordinate your child's friendships, right? You know the value of them having great friends. I know that value. I know it as well. So, when only we drop our guards when we have a friendship, we also crave the acceptance. We want to be accepted by, for who I am, who, everything about me, all my quirks, all my hang-ups, and we're still great friends. It's incredible when you find that friendship. You're like, this is amazing. You're, you're able to be influenced, but also potentially they could influence you yeah. in dangerous ways. So think about this thing. Did you ever smoke your first cigarette alone? I, I was with somebody when I first, my, when I first my, my first cigarette. I was with a girl. I liked her. I dropped my guard, and then I lit up. I didn't even like smell. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, breathe it in. I'm like, it hurts. <laughs> I was an athlete. I ran all day. I'm like, it's I'm like, but just to drop my guard and be a friend, I was smoking a cigarette. I wasn't alone in my room going, oh, this is so cool. I'm so influenced by myself. No. I was with a friend. My greatest regrets were not with my enemies. They were with my friends. Running across the freeway after a night of drinking, is the greatest side of my regret. I could have got killed. But it wasn't with my enemies. My enemies were like, run over the freeway. Ha, 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 enemy. No, they're my friends. We're all doing it. We're running across the, the freeway. Thinking we're, we're so awesome. This is so cool. We could have all been dead. But that was with my friends. With my enemies, I never dropped my guard. You're, you're always on watch. But with your friends, you drop everything. And you'll find yourself doing the craziest, craziest things. Your friends will influence the direction and the quality of your life. Not because you decide to let them. It's just the nature of friendships. That's what friendships do. They direct and influence. Here's where the writer in Proverbs puts it. Some bridges, guardrails. Medians, curves, personal standards. We drop our guards. We crave acceptance. Walk with the wise and become wise. Because for a companion, a fool suffers harm. The scripture contains a promise and a warning. The promise is you become wise by doing um, you become wise by doing life with the wise. 
You hang around people that are, that are great stewards financially, you're their friends, you'll find that influencing you to be a great steward financially. You find you hang around someone who has great ways of how they encourage and parent their children, that rubs off on you. Amen. You walk with the wise, you become wise. That is what the, the, the writer says. Because wisdom is contagious. Wisdom rubs off. Wisdom is a great gift. But when you, when you walk with the wise, you do life with the wise, you become wise. Wise people understand that life is all connected. And they live accordingly. Today's decisions, the wise man says, also includes tomorrow. It's all connected. My choice today is also about tomorrow. So when I make my choice today, I'm thinking about tomorrow, next week, next year. How will this decision affect my life years to come? That's what the wise are like. Everything is connected. And when you walk with the wise, you start thinking in those terms. My decision today affects it from here. Wise people decide today based on tomorrow. Now there's a warning as well. The warning is this. You run the risk of something bad happening to you if you run with fools. Now, this is where the deception lies. Because you tell yourself, I'm not really like them. I'm not as bad or as crazy or as freaky as they are. I'll be okay. I can still have my friends, but I know they're crazy and I'm not crazy. Okay? The warning is not the companion of fools becomes a fool. That's not the warning. Just because you hang out with a bunch of yahoos and make a fools doesn't necessarily make you a fool. But what the proverb writer says is that hanging around them, you suffer harm. It's the shrapnel. It's the explosion from their life. Boom! That shrapnel hits you because you're in close proximity. For instance... Many young men get put in jail in Los Angeles County for one thing. Their gang member friend killed somebody and therefore they were with the gang member when the, when the scene happened. Guess where, that, guess where the friend who happened to hang out with the gang member friend, where he goes? He goes to jail as if he committed the crime. The law says if you're with a gang member doing a gang activity and you hang around this guy and he commits a crime, you are just as if you pulled the trigger. And many children are in jail because of that law. Why? Because they want to legislate who you hang out with. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jimmy's a gang, gang guy. He's my friend, though. He's cool. Me, I'm not a gangster. But he goes and he kills someone, and you're with him. You're done. Guardrails. Even the state understands it's trying to help kids have guardrails. Right. Because, let me tell you, a fool in Proverbs is someone who knows right from wrong. But he doesn't care. He knows that it's not a good idea. But he doesn't care. He, he, they live their life as if life's not connected. Oh, it's only going to be a Friday night. And it's not connected to their decisions. and connect to the future. There's no connection. That's what, how a fool thinks. When you warn a fool, he doesn't say, Wait, really? Really? If I hang out with Jimmy, he does drugs? I had no idea. They don't say. They know that, Jimmy. They know They know who they're hanging out with. They know the potential danger. But they don't care. And the shrapnel that ends up exploding harms them. 
It harms them. One thing I I say to my kids is, you know, being wise in who you choose your friends to be. I'm doing it at an early age. I want him to decide. I want you to think about who, who do you want your friends to be? You want them to be wise or fools? Early on. Because he's going to have to decide that for himself. Yeah. This can't be self-imposed. And, and to, to an extent it can be. I can, I can determine and dig it. But when he's a grown man, I want him hopefully to have chosen the right path. Yeah. You know, in the Bible, there's a famous story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Ever heard of that city? Yeah, it was blown up by God. It was just incredibly evil place. They were selfish. They were greedy. They were immoral people. It was terrible. Well, there was Abraham, the father of our faith, and he had a nephew named Lot. And, you know, their, their herds got so big where they were, their herdsmen were fighting each other and there was, like, there no room in the area to keep them both together. God was blessing them so much. And so Abraham goes, Hey, Lot, why don't you pick an area to live and I'll just live in the opposite area? Pretty awesome. I mean, what, what a great... Abraham's the older brother. He could have been like, You're going there, I'm going here, right? But he goes, You decide. And so Lot chooses to live very, very near to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he lives near, and then he moves into the city. Yeah. And he, he lives his life around, a compan- around companions of fools. And he's thinking everything's going great. And so God says, I'm going to destroy the city. And these two visitors come, and the, the local men want to uh, engage in sexual activity with these two angels. The city was very corrupt. And so they have to leave, and the city's getting destroyed. And at the end of the day, Lot loses his wife. After that, he has you know, an inappropriate relationship with his children. Because he drank too much. I wonder where that influence happened. I wonder where all that happened. Of a decision of today is today. Not today, decision affects tomorrow. The Bible is warning us. And these are, these are men who loved God. These are men who cared about God. And yet, even they fell prey to the influence of friends. Friends are incredible. But you need guardrails in every friendship. Mm -hmm. Because even your your, your guards are down, let's go do this and you know it's wrong. But uh, if you have no guardrails and have a painted line, you're in like Flynn. Because a companion of fools suffers harm suffers harm. I can't tell you how many times we were with a bunch of my friends and one guy was just feeling like he wanted to fight someone. Everyone, it, was, it was a great night, but this one guy had to feel like he had to fight someone. He goes and starts a fight, and then we're all in the fight. can't tell you how many nights of my life as a young man it was that every weekend. My friend always, it's like, don't fight anybody. And he always want to fight somebody. Like when he fought, if he didn't jump in like you weren't his friend, like, all right, I'm his friend. I got to throw a punch somehow. Someone's getting hit. It was, and I could have got killed, I could have got stabbed, I could have got gunned down. I mean, I look back at my life going, there are some foolish things I did because I ran with a guy who was foolish. Think about it, you have the same stories. I'm sure you think about your, your life, you're going like, man, I'm lucky to be here today. I'm lucky to be here. Friends who are not careful with their own lives will not be careful with your life. Friends who are not careful with their own life will not be careful with your life. Friends who don't care, who don't take care of themselves, won't take care of you. Friends who don't take care of their marriages won't look after yours. 
Friends who don't mind abusing their bodies won't mind, won't mind if you abuse yours. Friends who cheat will feel better about themselves if you will too. Friends who break the law won't confront you about breaking the law. Friends can be dangerous. Yeah. That's why we need guardrails. Yeah. Or when you bump up and go, hey, I, I'm, your, I'm your buddy, I'm your best friend, but you know what? I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good, man. I hit this guardrail. I don't feel good. This is not a good thing. Where this is headed is not good. It cannot be good. Just read Ventura County Star. <coughs> you hear about kids going together and having too much to drink and getting in the car. Just if one friend would have spoken and says, I don't feel good about this. And stopped. His lives would be saved. But they keep going together. And they crash together. And they die together. That's why it's so important to understand this concept. You need to establish guardrails. You need to establish a standard that informs your conscience. So when you start veering off the path, lights go off. Let me give you a few scriptures that might really just encapsulate this concept. Those who heed instructions are discerning children, but companions of gluttons disgrace their parents. In other words, people who follow direction for people who just are, uh, have, have lack of, of a self-controlled nature. Don't make friends with the hot-tempered. Don't associate with those who are easily angered. That's my buddy growing up. Super easily angered. Super edgy, super ag- agitated. Always just picking fights. Oh, you staring at me? He, wasn't, he was looking at me, not you. Or if you're looking at you, he's looking at me. I'm like... Let it go. I'm not even offended by that. That was him. Or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. I'm no longer his friend. I don't even. I stopped hanging around that guy because I, I realized it became too dangerous. He wasn't a, a violent guy. He just would make the. He'd want to show off in front of everybody. And so he was always a show off, trying to show off how tough he was, how man he was. And I, I, I had enough of that. So I joined the army to get away. Amen. <laughs> Glad I did. The violent entice their neighbors and lead them down a path that is not good. Stay away from the foolish, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Whoever heeds life-giving and correction will be at home among the wise. Those who regard discipline, guardrails, I'm sorry, those who disregard discipline, guardrails, despise themselves. But those who heed correction gain understanding. Every time you hit a guardrail, you're going like, ah, I'm glad I hit that. You're like, it could have got a whole lot worse. You're so like, man, it's like getting corrected. You're like, man, that was awesome. The person that strays from common sense will end up in the company of the dead. That's a fact. It's every day in the papers. The person who strays from common sense will end up eventually in the company of the dead. You know, it dawns on you, I hope it does, it has to dawn on you that, that the group that isn't moving in the direction that you want your life to be moving. You have to go, wait a minute, are my friends moving in the direction that I really want to go? 
I have the secret way I want to go, but everyone else's way is different from mine. But I have this way. I think it's a good way. It's, a, it's the right way. But my friends are, are, are leading me another way. When people are headed, headed and where they're headed, it's a, good, it's a good indication of where you're headed if you're running with them. You catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are. When someone tells you that, hey, you act differently around that person. The light should go off. Friends value what is valuable to you. So friends do. When you find yourself saying, I'll go, but I won't really participate in what they do, but I'm going to go and hang out. But I'm not going to do what they do. You know. You know that proverb will be fulfilled in your life. You know, you hope the people you care about don't find out who you're hanging with the night before. Like, hope my parents don't find out how to that guy because I told them I was going to go over here and I really went over there. Okay, no one say anything. Okay, no one say anything. That was a constant for me growing up. So my mom would start asking questions to my friends. How was that? You know what to say. Tell her. <laughs> say I was there. Because I went to the movies. I go to the movies every weekend. I love movies. <laughs> love it. I love movies. But don't confuse guardrails with a lack of love. Don't confuse them. Because when your mentality of a fool says, these are rules that are trying to control my life. No, you can do whatever you want. But there will be explosions along the way. Things will explode around you or in you. You will explode one day. That will happen to fools. It always happens to fools. But the ones who hang around that fool, the shrapnel affects us too. So don't confuse guardrails with a lack of love or concern. One day those same people may need you. And I hope you're there to be great support. Making guardrails is, is always a painful process with friends. It's yeah. very difficult. It's painful. But I hope the scriptures will guide you to make guardrails closer, closer to God. Amen. And let those guide and direct and protect your life. And yeah... Why can't we be friends? Well, if our friendship means I have to deviate from the path that I want to go, then yeah, that's going to affect our friendship. That's going to affect it. It's painful. I know. When I became a Christian in 1994, all my friends wanted to do was go drink. That's all we ever did. Go drink and talk to girls. That's all we ever did. And play video games. When I became a Christian... I said, I, I, I don't want to do that. So they called me, let's go hang out. And I go hang, I go hang out with them. And there I was, surrounded by beer again, and find myself drinking beer with them again. And one day I drank too much. So I went back to my, my little, my, in, in the campus, we had like a little campus minister. Went to him and said, that's what happened. I didn't go to Devo last night. He's like, where were you? I, was, I, was I thought you were sick. No, I wasn't sick. I was out with my friends. And he's like, well, what happened? I was like, well, we did this and this and this and this. And he's like, well, what'd you learn? That I, I, don't think I, can, I don't think I can hang around them and be, like, strong. That was hard. To real, that was hard to admit. Because I wanted to go, I'm the Christian now. I'm going to be strong around you. I mean, their pagan temple was huge. And my little Christian little thing was this big. I, I go in there, and I start doing what they're doing. It's just, I was outnumbered. Honestly. 
I say I was outnumbered because who I was hanging around, the shrapnel was just exploding and harming me. Things that I, that I died to, that I don't want to be a part of anymore, I find myself doing. And so I had to create this buffer, said, you know what? If you, I, I called them up, said, if you want to hang out, I'd love to hang out with you. But we're not going to hang out at the bars. We'll hang out at your house, my house, come to, come to some, but we're not going to drink anymore together. We can't do that. I cannot control them. I cannot handle it. And so the phone call stopped. There was no texting back then. It was just a phone call stop. That's all I could say. I wish my Facebook... And it was just phone calls. And they stopped. And they stopped. And slowly, we just lost connection. I recently made a connection with them five years ago. And when I came in, I came in more... I came in very, very guardrail. Just bam. They were drinking. I'll have one beer. One another, and they and they and your your buddies are. Like, I mean, they're just like. I mean, these guys are these guys are detectives in the police force. And I'm like, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. Hey, you want a stogie? You want a stogie? We're all gonna have a little stogie. I'm like, no, thanks, but I appreciate it. No, thank you. By the way, I wanted to invite you out to Sunday service again. Guardrails, guardrails. You know how my guardrails? I brought my wife along. That's an awesome guardrail. I tell you, if you're on shaky ground, bring your spouse. They'll be like, Carol's like, mm hmm, oh yeah, mm hmm. Yeah, guardrails. A wise man. Be intentional. You have to be intentional about walking with the wise. Yeah. Intentional. Because the companion of fools eventually suffers harm. Have a great afternoon. Love you guys.